We are on a theme this month on making your vision come true. And I want to pick up on the introduction I made last week and continue on that. And we will continue in the same vein even next week, Sunday. Helen Keller, who was blind and was a great educationist and an author, said, and I quote, The only thing worse than being born blind is having sight but no vision. End of quote. I believe vision is the greatest gift that God has given to mankind. Because vision is the art of seeing with the invisible eye. You see, the future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become obvious. And so vision is not what is right now, but vision is what could be. In other words, you could get better than what you are right now. You could reach higher goals than what you have reached right now. You could say a better amen than you're saying right now. Vision is a picture of a preferable future. If you have no vision for the future, you'll end up dying today. And I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about a death where you stop living. You stop having passion. You stop pursuing things. You stop working hard. You have no reason to wake up. You know, I was, we were discussing it, Lima Bishop, I think it's yesterday I was telling her, I said, you know what, wife, Nane, uh, I'm not going to retire. I'm being honest with you, but I have no, I'm being honest. I will transition in my role. Of course, yes. I know that things as I get older, I won't be able to do like I'm doing now, you know, but retiring is not my thing. Now, I'm just going to transition. And just do things in a different way. I will always let other people lead. I'll step back. All of that I will do. And so, because I've seen when people retire, you know, you, you, you've been used to being this busy person. You woke up for a mission. You woke up to go and do something. And then you hit 60 or you hit 65. All of a sudden you bring your life to a screeching halt. What am I going to do with myself if I don't preach? Serious. You know, yesterday it was raining and there weren't a lot of things to do. I was preparing, I was doing this, but a good part of yesterday, I didn't know what to do with myself. I don't like to live like that. I don't like to live with, you know, just sitting and doing nothing. But you see, I found out once vision goes, that's why sometimes you see people are healthy, they're strong. Once they get on pension, they start getting sick. Hmm? Why? Because when you have nothing to live for, your life starts disintegrating. Can I hear a shabba yabba yabba? So we mustn't be pushed by circumstances, but we must rather be led by our vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 and 3, I read the Amplified Bible. It says, and the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision. Write your vision down, Mzalwan. Have your vision somewhere. Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he has seen by. In other words, write your vision and don't make it complex. 
Be very simple about what you want to do with your life. What is it that God is talking to you about your life? Don't come up with these complex ways of saying things. Write it in an easy way. Verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And it hastens to the end to fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Watch. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come to pass. Somebody say, it will surely come to pass. Tell your neighbor, even if it tarries neighbor, tell them, even if it delays neighbor, you must wait for it, because it will surely, it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. It says, though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come to pass, it will not be behind hand, on its appointed day. Wow. In Acts 26 verse 12, Paul is standing in front of King Agrippa and he's talking to him and he says this, and I'm reading from the contemporary English Bible. He says, on one such journey, I was going to Damascus. He's telling King Agrippa, with the full authority of the chief priest, while on the road at midday, King Agrippa, I saw a light from heaven shining around me by the traveling companions that light was brighter than the sun. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice that said to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? It's hard for you to kick against a spear. Then I said, who are you, Lord? The Lord replied, I am Jesus whom you are harassing. Get up. Stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose. Basalana, when you have an encounter with God, the God always has a purpose to it. Yeah. When God touches your life, there is always a purpose to it. There's a reason why God saved you. There's a reason why God made you who you are. There's a reason why you are wired the way you are. Are you listening to what I'm saying this morning? There's a reason why you are the person that you are. There's a reason why God is doing the things that he's doing in your life. God is a purpose-driven God. Yeah. God is not frivolous. He, do, he doesn't just do stuff for the sake of doing it. When God gives you an encounter with him, there is always a purpose. He says to Paul, I have appeared to you for this purpose. And what is the purpose? To appoint you as my servant and a witness on what you have seen and what I will show you. I will rescue you, my goodness. You must underline that. I will rescue you from your own people. And this is what I'm going to talk about. Let me say it right now. See, Mudima, even when he gives a vision, he knows on the road to visions there will be obstacles. And this is what many of us don't understand. I think last week when I was preaching, this thing hit me so hard when I was preaching. You know, and I realized, and I, I already knew it, I was already going to preach it, but I realized, I don't think we understand that when God talks to us about vision, there's already obstacles on the way. He's not the one who created the obstacles, but there will be obstacles. Note what he says to Paul. He says, I will rescue you from your own people. And from the Gentiles that I'm sending you. To open their eyes. Then they can turn from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to the power of God. And receive forgiveness of sins. And a place among those who are made holy by faith in me. Verse 19. So King Agrippa 
I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Don't be disobedient to the vision that God's given you. Some of you, you are not living according to the vision God's given you. Hmm. Tell you never carry the somebody who's sitting next to me. Don't be disobedient to the vision. So we talked about the steps to make the vision come true. Number one, we said define your vision. Tell your neighbor, define your vision. We talked about that the last time we were together. So if you want to hear more about that, you have to go get the CD. I know some of you last week are like a Sunday because one of the two. But, but go and get whatever. Okay. And then number two, which we ended on last week, is make an action plan. Make an action plan. See, planning, Mike Maddox says, planning is the starting point of any dream or goal that you possess. Planning. See, many people have great dreams and great visions, but they just never get to a point where they put it into action. You know, you know, there, there, there are so many people's lives whose road is, is tarred with good intentions. But they never do it. I know Kachanawari now, these New Year resolutions that we make. <laughs> yeah. If you go to Virgin Active right now, you should see the way the people are there in large numbers. I'm telling you. People will be enrolling at the beginning of this year, large numbers. People who run Kalagabush. People who've stopped smoking, they've stopped drinking, all kinds of things. Yes, New Year, everything. We all on New Year resolutions. But come February, in fact, some of the people, the New Year, New Year resolution to attend church every Sunday, it, this rain has already disturbed the New Year resolution. <laughs> so, so you need to plan. Somebody say plan. Tell your neighbor you need to plan. Planning is the starting point of any dream or goal that you possess. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead only to plenty. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. See, there are people who, who buy a chakamaraba plane. Are you one of those people? There's people who don't ever plan Mara, but they want to get there now. See, if, if you want to hurry in life, it will only lead to a lot of disappointment. You need to plan your life. You need to plan your life. Clarify your expectations by setting clear goals. Clarify, where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? Remember, this is what William Blake says. He says, and I quote, remember, vague goals produce vague results. End of quote. Proverbs eleven twenty three in the New American Standard Bible reads, the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. See, our life is filled with unlimited possibilities. So you need to expect Progress, expect growth, expect prosperity for yourself, expect to, 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 lo- to know God more, to, to, to be more spiritual, to know the word more. Expect your life to move forward. But it cannot move forward if you don't plan. Plan and the next thing, move into implementation. Why, Basalana? Why is this? This is important. 
implementation will force you to turn your goals into actionable steps. See, it's easy to say, I want to have a church of a hundred people. It's easy to say that. It's easy. But how? See, many people never ask the how question. And for those of us who are faith people, you know, sometimes we make statements that make us lose credibility with people. You know, people come and say, so what do you for Jesus? And I say, oh, okay. So what do you for Jesus? I understand. So what do you mean? Not everybody in so much is going to be saved. I say, okay, how? How? If we are believing that everybody in Soweto is going to be saved, first question is this, are we evangelizing? Have we built enough churches? Are we training more pastors? Those are very practical questions. Now, when you say that, but we're now or not Tumelo. No, it's not a matter of Tumelo. It's a matter of being, faith doesn't mean that you are just, you are this spaced out person. Imagine as a woman saying, I am believing God to get 10 children this year. Yeah, there you go. You know that's not going to work. You know. Because if you really want to have 10 children this year, give birth to 10 children this year, the question is how? So we must start calculating. Ah, there you go. But you see, in many things, this is what we do. Some of you, you have such big goals, impractical goals, but because you never get to the implementation step, you don't realize how impractical your goal is. So every year you go through this cycle of not fulfilling your goals and the more you don't fulfill them is the more it makes you believe that you're an incapable person. And the more your faith in you dies is the more you won't won't even believe what you say. There are some people who know even when they say something they're not going to do it. They know they're not going to arrive at seven. They know. No, no, no. I'll phone you. And they know they're not going to phone you. Look at your neighbor and say, the world too long Just tell them, the world too long Nothing happens until we take action. Jack McAllister says, if you don't make dust, you eat dust. End of quote. Work on your goals and act on your ideas. The Bible challenges us to do things with all our hearts. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So break down your implementation into small steps that can be done daily, weekly, or monthly. See, (laughs) We, we, we don't realize, Bazalana, that to get to a goal, eh, to get to a desired goal is based on what you do on a daily basis. And this is why some people, when you look at the way they carry themselves, you realize they'll never achieve anything. Why? Because when you look at how they live on a daily basis, the way they live, the way they carry themselves, and the way they use their time, their resources, uh, whatever they prioritize, it, 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 you already know they'll never get to their goal. You already know. This is what John Maxwell said. You know, and I was listening to one teaching he was doing, and it was entitled How to Be a Real Success. 
And it was amazing, you know, when he was saying, and I love this, he said, he said, success is not an event. It's a journey. So he, he gives this picture. He says, you know, you know, like, you know, this year people will be graduating, you know. You know, so when people graduate last year, when people graduate, on the day of graduation, we come to them and we say, congratulations for your success. He says, you know, no, that's not the day they started being successful. They started succeeding many years ago when they decided to go to school. When they decided to discipline themselves to study on a daily basis, that's when they began the journey of success. Success is a journey. It's a process. It's not an event. So when you see somebody loitering around, not reading, not studying, and then they say, this is what I want to achieve, you already know it will never happen. And this is what happens with many visions about See, when you look at the way they carry themselves on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, there is nothing in the way they carry themselves that says to you they are going to achieve the goal. See, some of you guys, you want to get married, right? Like, you want to get married, right? And they consider so many things. If she has studied and she's been to school, but see, you, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not saving money. Eh? You're working, but you, you're wasting all your money on other things. You're not saving. So your, your actions are not in any way showing that you're, you are going to achieve your vision. This is what John Maxwell said. John Maxwell says, if I can hang around you for a day, at the end of that day, I will tell you if you will be successful in your life or not. He says, how? He says, by the way you handle your daily agenda. The key to success is your daily agenda. So the question is, what have you done today? Or what are you doing today that adds to your vision? And one of the things could be you are in church, you want to get inspiration and the word of God. Maybe that could be one of the things you do. But there are many people, when you look at what they do, and compare it with what they are trying to achieve, the two don't go together. Can I hear an amen in the house? So what is it that you're doing on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis? John Hines says, and I quote, a day will never be any more than what you make of it. End of quote. Always try to plan your day, your week, your month, and month in advance. Don't just wake up in the morning Wake up as somebody who knows what they want to do. Each day, a night before, plan it a day before. A week, plan that a week before. A month, plan it a month before. Take risks. We're talking about implementation. Never allow fear to stop you from following your vision. Take risks. Some of you, you think you're taking risks by saying amen right now. Come on, just say amen. Something. <laughs> Take risks. Take risks and reach your goals. In other words, strive to accomplish your dreams. 
Believe in God's ability within you that you will accomplish anything that God has placed in your heart and that you set your mind to. Whatever lines up with God's will for your life, believe you can take those risks. Now here's the point we want to talk about today very briefly. I don't have much time. Anticipate obstacles along the way. Now I didn't say allow obstacles to stop you. I just said anticipate obstacles. I found out when you are realistic about what you're going to go into, you are better prepared. Go you're going into this and you know there are going to be challenges. At least already you are prepared. So anticipate. I didn't say pray for them. I just said anticipate. Now whether you anticipate or you don't anticipate they are coming, tell your neighbor challenges will come your way. Whether or not or not. Anticipate obstacles along your way and come with ways of dealing with them. In other words, always see a possibility when you face challenges. Don't look at the problem, look through the problem. Hmm? Very often when, when our vision start experiencing problems, many people close shop. And sometimes we, we kind of believe that if it really comes from God, it won't have problems. I'm going to show you the Bible today. <laughs> In fact, when God speaks to you, like we saw with Paul, he, he tells him, I'm, I'm sending you to go and preach, open the eyes of the blind. He says, matter on the way, you're going to have problems with your own people and the Gentiles. So God already knows. So every vision has obstacles. Shem, your amen doesn't sound like you like the message. When God gives you any vision, he is aware of the obstacles that lie ahead. Let's name a few. When God spoke to Moses, he already knew about the Red Sea. Not Moses, God. God, he doesn't tell you. He just tells you about the finished product. Mara, in between, he knows about the Red Sea. God already knew about the desert. God already knew that they were going to lack food and water in the desert. He knew they were going to be beaten by snakes. He knew they were going to get sick. But God being God, he had already made a plan. He had already made provision. See, because God is always there before the problem is the problem. Yeah. He is a God who knows everything. He never sends you on a journey where he hasn't given you enough of what it takes to be able to make the journey and get to the destination. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You see, when the Bible says we have been predestined according to his purpose, you know what predestined mean? The word destined is the word destiny in, and the word pre means before. Huh? Are you telling me that my destiny was ordered and written even before I came? That's what the psalmist says. He says, oh God, you knew me even when I was being knit together in my mother's womb. All the days of my life were written in your book even before one of them came to pass. 
Are you telling me, God, that you already knew about the Red Sea? You already knew about the snakes? You already knew about the food that we were going to be short of? You already knew about the bitter waters of Mara? Are you telling me, God, you already knew that God said, if you just stay with me, if you will just trust me, if you will not give up, in Habakkuk he says, the vision is for an appointed time. If it tarries, you must wait for it because it will surely come to pass. Why? Because God is not a man to lie. He's not the son of man to change his mind. Hallelujah. 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 Whatever problem you have, God already has the solution for it. I said, whatever challenge you have, God already has the solution for it. The Bible says there is no test or trial that comes our way that God hasn't already made a way of escape. God has already made a way for escape because you have been predestined. Yeah. But every vision will have obstacles. My goodness, when God spoke to Joshua, he already knew about the Jordan River that he had to cross. He already knew about the giants in the land. He already knew about the Jericho Wall. Watch this, Barcelona. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1. I want to read it in the King James Bible. I mean, the way God says it, it's so glorious. Listen. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Somebody say, arise. arise. This is what it says. Arise and do what? Ah, uh-uh, it's wrong. And do what? Do what? Do what? Go. God already knew about the Jordan stuff. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. So with ever, whatever God is telling you, you already knows about the obstacles. Arise and do what? Do what? Did you see? He didn't say go to Jordan and drown. He didn't say go to Jordan and fail. Come on now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He didn't say go to Jordan and turn back and come back. He says go to Jordan and do what? And do what? Tell your neighbor I am going over. Tell your other neighbor I'm going over. Jordan or not Jordan, I am going over. Problems or no problems, I'm going over. Tell them money or no money, I am going over. Resources or no resources, I am going over. Support or no support, I am going over. Dark or blue, I'm going over. Rain or sunshine, I'm going over. Somebody say, I'm going over. Oh yeah. Going over. That's why God says, arise. Arise. Instead of sitting back. Instead of being afraid to face your Jordan. Afraid to face your mission. Afraid to dream again. God says, face it. You're going over. Tell your neighbor, I'm going over. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I'm going over. Tell them 2017 is here, neighbor. Me now, I am going over. I don't know about you, but now I am going over. 
I'm tired of sitting on the other side of Jordan and watching people on the other side having all the great things. I'm tired of making excuses. Is there somebody in the house who agrees with me? I am tired of looking down upon myself. I am tired of going around the same thing again. I am going. I'm going over. I am going over. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, unto the land which I give them. Even the children of Israel. Utwar in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. <laughs> that have I given to you. As I, God has given you stuff. I don't know if you know. God has already given you your vision. You already have things that have been predestined. They've been pre-ordered. They have your name on them. The question is, will you arise? Yeah, that's the question. Will you arise? From verse 4, it says, from, from, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. My goodness. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. Can you feel this? Can you feel what God? As I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's what God tells you. I will be with you. Not only will I be with you, he says, I will never fail you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you. Yeah. I'll be with you when you cross the desert. I'll be with you when you cross the rivers. I'll be with you when you go through the fire, Daniel. God already knew about the fire that Daniel was going to be thrown into. And God said, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Oh, hallelujah. I'll be with you. What would we do, Basalana, if God wasn't with us? Do I have somebody in the house? Because Runa, in our own strength, we don't have what it takes. But our strength is not in ourselves. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I says, I'll be with you, Nasabi. I'll be with you. I know you don't have a mother, you don't have a father, but I'll be with you. I'll be with you, I will be with you. I'll be with you. I know they have schemed and planned against you, but I'll be with you. Somebody said, God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. There's a difference. Even if others are not with you, yeah, even if they don't favor you, Naku favor. Even if they don't choose you, Naku chooses. And if God chooses you, can I hear an amen? If God is for you, if God is with you, does it make any difference? I'll be with you. Jesus says, I'll be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Mara Utaring, next verse, verse 6, I'll be strong. Yeah, yeah, be strong and of a good courage because unto these people you'll divide an inheritance. Be strong and courageous, you will fulfill your vision. 
Yeah, you will do what I told you. And all I need from you is just to be strong. Verse 7, I love verse 7. We are pinned a foot to Uri. Only be strong and very courageous. That's all God is asking. That's all. That's all. Be strong. Be very courageous. Because you're going to meet obstacles on the way. Yeah. You'll meet them. What you need is to be strong. You, know, you don't even have to pray and ask him to be with you. I'll be, I'll be with you. Not only will I be with you, I will not forsake you. In other words, whatever season you go through, whether it's good or it's bad, whether you I will never forsake you. The days when you are trying to fulfill vision where you cannot tell if God is with you. You don't even know. And your feelings are telling you that God has forsaken you. God says, let's settle that before you get them. I will never forsake you. I am not a man. I don't lie. I will never forsake you. I'm here to tell you God's not going to forsake you. God has not forsaken you. Only be strong and very courageous. Hallelujah. 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 Play something for me in the background. Be strong and courageous. When God spoke to Joseph, he already knew that his brothers would be jealous of him. <laughs> Play something softly for me on the keyboard. God already knew that he would be sold into slavery. He knew he was going to be thrown into the pit. God knew that he would be thrown in jail. He knew that he would help somebody in jail and ask that person to remember him when he is released from jail but when that guy was released that he will be tempted by Potiphar's wife and he will be falsely accused like they falsely accuse you like they set up a trap for you to create trouble around you. God already knew. And when you read the history of it. From the time God spoke to Joseph. Until the fulfillment of the vision. It took 18 years. That's why Habakkuk says. The vision is for an appointed time. If it tarries, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Only be thou strong. Oh, how we lose our strength. How we get discouraged. And turn our eyes off this faithful God. This God who's faithful. Who said he'll be with us. And that's what God's saying to you today. I don't know where you are in your life, what's going on in your life. But I'm here to tell you, God says don't give up. 
Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Let the church. Say amen. Let the church say amen. God is let the church listen to this, just remain standing. When God called David gave him a vision he already knew about the lion he already knew about the bear God already knew about Goliath in fact ladies and gentlemen it was Goliath that made David famous that obstacle that tries to take you out that's the one that's going to push you into other dimensions because adversity is challenge or it's adversity is opportunity in disguise when David was anointed as king there was jealousy around him even Saul tried to kill him from the time David was anointed as a king until the time he sat on the throne as a king it took 20 years so when God talks to you, he knows it's going to take a while. He knows. All he says is, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. See, there are three types of people in our world. They are quitters. These are people who take the path of least resistance. These are people who live on the I wish island. They always say I wish, I wish. These are people who abandon their dreams. When things get hard, they, 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 they jump ship. We also have people who are campers. These are people who love the comfort zone. They, they don't want to try anything they haven't done before. They don't mind living a mediocre life. They are just good just to be mediocre. They don't want to go somewhere. But I feel this morning I'm looking at different people. <laughs> I said I feel this morning I'm looking at different people. Are you, are you, I said are you different people in there? I said I feel this morning I'm looking at different people. But I am looking at different people. There are those who are completers. These are people who speak like Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7 where he says, I have fought the good fight. They understand that it's about fighting the good fight. You've got to fight to see your dream come true. He says, I fought the good fight. He says, I have finished my course. He says, I have kept the faith. 
these are men and women who understand that to complete a good fight they must have focus they understand they must have perseverance they understand they must have persistence they understand they must get up after they fall and try again and most of all they understand god is with them and they rely on his presence and his power that's what the lord is saying to you this morning let 2017 be the year where things will be different in your life Let's see the new you in this year. Let's see the giant who has been hidden on the inside of you. The great person hidden on the inside of you. We want to see that person come forth. We want to see that giant arise. Let this be that kind of year for you this year. Raise your hands as we sing that again. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Raise your hands sing it with me it's God speaking to us let the church say amen let the church say amen God has spoken let the church 